Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com's Ryan Wallace. Here on the GoPowerCat Podcast, I am pleased to be joined by Kansas State star, future NFL uh, prospect Wyatt Hubert. And uh, Wyatt, I, I want to start uh, by, by going backwards and, and talking a little bit about your recruitment for a second. Um, you didn't wait, if I, my memory serves correct, you didn't wait very long to commit. I think you were first in your class. Um, yeah. Why, why the zero hesitation with K-State? Yeah, well, uh, I went to a lot of camps growing up. Uh, you know, went to the, the high school camps and uh, uh, multiple times. Um, had interest from other schools as well, but uh, you know, after visiting Kansas State and um, just seeing the campus and the football program, uh, and then being a local kid and being a homegrown, you know, Kansas kid, only an hour down the street, um, you know, I took a lot of pride in that. And um, you know, one thing I wanted to do was uh, uh, be a great player at Kansas State from the state of Kansas, and kind of just motivate and inspire, uh, you know, other kids from Kansas that you know uh, want to play Division One football or even play at Kansas State. I just wanted to pretty much. Uh, motivate and inspire them uh, that they can do that as well. Uh, so, you know, I had a goal, I had a dream. Uh, it was to grow up and uh, play at Kansas State and uh, be successful at Kansas State. And, uh, you know, through a bunch of hard work and, and uh, dedication and commitment, you know, I made that dream come true. You, did you ever feel like you were under-recruited? Because, I mean, I think you were clearly top five in the state, but I want to say you were top 30, top 50, you know, depending on the, the scouting service at your position nationally mm -hmm. and yet you know from uh, at least what we knew publicly still didn't seem to draw a lot of offers why was that yeah well um you know being from kansas is definitely another challenge you know <laughs> not being a huge football state um you know there's been a lot of great athletes that i've played with or played against from kansas that you know we're kind of under recruited uh but you know once you step on the campus your first day you know high school's over the stars don't matter anymore uh, it's all about what you do those next four to five years at that university that you choose to attend. Um, and I just made the most of it. So definitely, you know, um, that was definitely something that motivated me and uh, definitely always had with always had a chip on my shoulder when I was playing in my college career. Was it just K-State? Were they really the only ones that made an official offer? Yeah, Kansas State was my only offer. Uh, they were my first offer as well. Um, I, 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 I say other schools would offer too. You know, I had a lot of interest from other schools like mm -hmm. Uh, Missouri, Nebraska, KU, and Iowa State. Those are my other four. Um, but, you know, like I said, you know, I, I was I was definitely um, made a clear decision that Kansas State was the school I wanted to be at. You arrived on campus with a buzz cut. You leave K-State <laughs> State with, like, the full mane on the head. So, yeah. in, in a way, does that kind of, like, indirectly symbolize just how far you feel like you've, you've grown in Manhattan? Yeah, you know, the person I am today you know, is a complete different person than, you know, I was when I stepped uh, foot on campus, you know, in January of 2017. Um, you know, I learned so much, you know, both in the classroom, on the football field, 
Um, and, you know, I had so many people that I looked up to and that helped me get to, to the point where I am today. And, uh, you know, I had, you know, a lot of, a lot of different coaches, obviously, with the coaching uh, change halfway through my career. So um, having a lot of coaches from two different staffs, um, definitely learned a lot and took in a lot from both of those staffs. Um, you know, I just applied everything to my game, everything to my mental side of the game. And, um, you know, it was definitely super beneficial for sure. I'll skip ahead since you brought up the coaches uh, to a question that I was going to ask later. But but since you brought it up, you know, you, you're going to enter the NFL having been coached by Bill Snyder, John Fabris, Blake Seiler, Chris Kleiman, Buddy Wyatt, Joe Klanderman. Mm-hmm. Are there any of those kind of six that maybe you just seem to identify or take the most from? Or do you think you'll kind of carry on a mix of all six? Yeah, I definitely carried on a mix from all six. You know, they all – they all brought something different to the table and I applied everything that they all taught me. Uh, but you know, the one that stood out the most to me, uh, was coach Fabris, you know, my second position coach. Um, I had, I had him as my defensive ends coach, uh, in 2017, 2018. Uh, the reason I say him is because, um, he's been, he's been in the coaching industry ever since he was a GA. Uh, so he's been in the coach, like I said, he's been in the industry for 45, 50 plus years or somewhere around there, just a very long time. And just the knowledge that he had of the game and uh, the things that he taught me in the film room uh, were probably the most beneficial things that I, I could ever learn that I did learn at Kansas State, and especially as a young freshman, um, my retro year, you know, when I was developing a little bit, and then my retro freshman year. Um, just the things that he taught me mentally uh, in the film room definitely slowed the game down, you know, super slow for me. And that, that's the thing that allowed me to play fast and play physical. And, you know, after they were uh, let go halfway through my career, um, I still applied those things my last two seasons, the, thing that, the things that Coach Fabris taught me, uh, because those things, like I said, were beneficial, and they always kept me uh, slowing down the game and allowed me to play fast. Another coach that I didn't uh, mention, but obviously deserves some recognition as well as his entire staff, um, Chris Dawson, the, the strength and conditioning yeah. coordinator. How, how, sure. does, how does one go from – 250 at the end of your redshirt season to mm-hmm. 270. I mean, I, I want to know, like, what, what nutritional tips do you have? What's your weight room secret <laughs> uh, to not only get, gain the strength and gain the bulk, but, but obviously stay lean and, and athletic enough where, you know, when I talk to guys over the offseason, they're, they're calling you one of the biggest freaks uh, on the yeah. roster. So, I mean, how does, how does one do that, Wyatt? Yeah, well, like you said, you know, I got into Kansas State. You know, when I first stepped foot on campus, I was probably anywhere between 240 to 245. Uh, then, I, you know, my retro freshman season, I played around 250. Um, you know, I was the same height, and I was like 6'3", but uh, definitely, you know, not physically filled out yet. Um, so, you know, after my retro freshman season, going into that offseason, those winter workouts and spring ball, uh, that was probably the most important time that I realized that, um, I need I needed to transition my my body from where it was at uh, to becoming bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, you know, credit not just to Coach Dawson, but the other strength coaches as well. Um, and that was kind of just a kind of the mental aspect I had of myself was um, you know I had a goal for myself and it was to be the hardest worker in the weight room and to push myself more than any other of my teammates are pushing themselves. And don't get me wrong, you know I had a lot of guys around me that pushed themselves super hard, but I took it as a challenge personally to. Um, you know, to push myself harder than all my teammates around me. Uh, credit to Drew Wiley, too. You know, we were rack partners for a long time, and he's probably, you know, me and him go head-to-head on, you know, I'd say hardest worker, or our biggest competitor, and the toughest guy on the team uh, throughout my career. 
Um, and, and having those two guys, half of us on the same exact rack, you know, we were pushing ourselves to our max limits every single lift on every single run and every single drill. And, you know, like I said, credit to him, you know, he was bigger than me. So he probably did lift a little bit more on me on certain, certain weights, uh, certain lifts. Uh, but that just pushed me to get, get to the point where he was at. Um, so it was honestly, you know, that transition in the weight room um, after my redshirt freshman season, uh, that was my biggest transition. Uh, and to answer your question, because um, I pushed myself so hard and I pushed myself to my limits. And, um, you know, and the gains I had from that were super beneficial and super crazy. Um, you know, being here right now, you know, I, I never would have thought I'd be, you know, at 263-ish and having 17% body fat. Uh, I never would have imagined that, you know, coming into Kansas State as a freshman. Um, but like I said, with a lot of, you know, good coaches around me, a lot of good teammates like Drew, um, I was definitely pushed by max potential and I definitely got the gains that I wanted. So you, are you, would you say you're, you're an equal balance of clean eating with the weight room or would you say you kind of eat whatever you want and then you, you kind of trim that off in the weight room or, or where, where is that, where, where does the, the balance lie, I guess, for you? Yeah, well, um, obviously bodies change as you get older and, uh, you know, even in my career, uh, my retro year, my retro freshman year, I could eat whatever I wanted, however much I wanted. And I was always 250. I never gained or lost weight. So it wasn't really something I had to worry about. But, you know, once I got older, you know, once I got to my um, retro sophomore season, my retro my junior season, um, then nutrition became a lot more important to me because, you know, I was getting to that age where uh, the things that I did put in my body did have an effect, whether it's positive or negative. Um, you know, I wasn't an 18 or 19 year old kid anymore. I could just eat whatever he wanted. Um, and go out and just perform the same way. Uh, so, you know, like I said, going into my freshman, so my redshirt sophomore year and junior year was when I really uh, started to tone in on that and take it a lot more serious. I seem to remember the, the Mississippi State game from, uh, what was it, 2018 as kind of being your, if you want to call it your coming out party on, on the big mm -hmm. stage. But, you know, is there a moment that you seem to recall where, where you were going, I can do this and I can be, you know, this damn good, whether it was in a game or a practice, what was kind of the light bulb moment where you went, okay, like not only am I going to be a college football player, but like I'm going to be a damn good college football player and go to the pros. Yeah. Uh, well, when I first got to Kansas State, um, you know, I think the player I am today uh, is based solely off of three guys that I grew up – or not grew up uh, – in my college career going against Dalton Reisner, Scott Franz, and Nick Hallmeyer. Um, those three guys are obviously super talented tackles. And ever since I stepped onto campus, um, like you mentioned earlier, earlier I was an early enrollee. So um, my first spring ball was technically my senior year of high school. Uh, so I stepped onto campus, and right away, as soon as we started practice, I was going up against those three, those three tackles. And going up against someone who's a lot more experienced, a lot more talented than you, uh, that just boosts your game and your, your talent level so much at a quicker pace. And, uh, you know, just got to, like I said, just going up against those three guys, made me so much better. And, um, you know, I always kind of, I always kind of, you know, I never doubted myself, but I kind of always underlooked myself. Uh, no matter what I did uh, that was successful or good, you know, I never saw it as good enough. Um, but, you know, credit to Dolan and Scott and Nick, you know, they always told me, you know, you're going to be a really good player. You have a lot of potential. Uh, you're one of the most talented defensive ends that we've gone against. Um, and just hearing those things from upperclassmen and from those leaders definitely gave me confidence and boost. Uh, boost confidence that I needed um, and you know like I said get, I give credit to those three guys for making me the player who I am today. How long did it take before you were 
would you say competing against Dalton? I mean, for a while there, was it just kind of like a ragdoll situation? Um, you know, he just seems like, because not only was obviously he great at Kansas State, but now we're seeing just how valued he's become in the league. So I can only imagine, like you said, being a red shirt freshman or whatever and having to go against Dalton Reisner. I mean, it, it would be easy for your confidence to get real low real fast. Definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. There was definitely a ragdoll <laughs> moment for sure, especially my redshirt season. Uh, when Coach Snyder was here, no matter how good you were, no matter how talented you were, uh, you were going to be you're going to be on the scout team, and you know, 95% chance that you're going to uh, redshirt your uh, true freshman year, uh, which I had no problem with that. You know, um, I definitely took it, took advantage of it, and used it as you know as much of a developmental year as I could. Uh, but you know, going up against Dalton every single day in practice, and him being the player he is. That made me so much better. Uh, you know, he showed me things as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old freshman that um, a lot of freshmen weren't getting, ex getting exposure to. Uh, so when I did, you know, get older, my redshirt freshman year, my redshirt sophomore year, um, I had already been through the fire. I had already, you know, gone up against talented tackles. Uh, so I was definitely ready and prepared for that moment. Um, and like you said, I give credit to him for, um, for preparing me for that moment. And, uh, you know, going against him, you know, we were both super competitive people. Um, play with a chip on our shoulder. And, uh, you know, Dalton played hard every single snap. He played the same way in practice Monday through Thursday that he played on Saturdays. Um, and just going up against a guy like that, uh, that definitely trickled down and onto me and uh, trickled down onto my career as well. Yeah, and he's, a, he's one of those guys that would kind of eat at you as a competitor too because he's, like, so nice that, you know, you want to, like, hate him, <laughs> but he's not, like, a trash-talking type of guy. So... Uh, I can imagine that, you know, that that would be something that, you know, you want to dislike him to make it easier to go against him. And <laughs> and yet he just wasn't that type of guy. But moving to yeah. 2020, though, I, I wanted to ask, um, before we, we, we talk about a little bit about the season, the Von Miller Pass Rush Summit. Um, how cool was that to get invited to it? Um, I know, obviously, since it was virtual, it was maybe not ideal um, as it would have been in a normal year. But um, what what kind of things did you learn? Who did you learn from? That That sort of thing. Yeah, it was definitely a blessing to be able uh, to get the invite to participate in that Zoom call. Um, it, was probably, it was probably two to two and a half hours long. Uh, just of the best pass rushers in the NFL talking about what they do or how they do it or when they do it. Um, you know, and that was super beneficial because, you know, I, I applied that to my game. And, uh, you know, I really like to compare myself to guys who are the same height and weight as me because it makes, makes it just a little bit more realistic. Uh, so, so, for example – uh, we'd be in that Zoom call, and um, he, we would just randomly call someone out. So they'd say, um, you know, Joey Bosa, uh, take us through this pass rush, um, why you did it, how you did it, um, and just explain details of, uh, you know, how it worked. Um, and then they would, you know, talk through it, uh, the small details. And um, it's crazy because I learned so much just about pass rushing itself just within those two or two and a half hours. Um, it's all about details. Um, it's all about what the tackle does, how he sets. Um, and how to combat that with your moves and your movement. Uh, so being in that was super beneficial for me and such a blessing. And, you know, being on the same Zoom call with 20, 20 of the best pass rushers in the NFL was something super cool. Who did you feel like? Was there anybody that you identified with or maybe a guy that you could just tell was, um, I don't know, more into it than another, maybe got into more detail, somebody that you really seemed to grasp more than, more than another? Yeah, I'd say they're all equally pretty uh, involved, and they all definitely took it seriously, you know. Um, they all had to talk. They all, all had to describe at least one, you know, move that they did on a certain play. So 
uh, they were all very involved. Um, obviously, Von Miller being the leader of the whole, you know, Zoom call, he was the most involved and mm -hmm. um, him definitely being, you know, the guru of, of pass rushing. Uh, so he had a lot of tips and a lot of key pointers. And I just took so much from all those guys. As you kind of have, have had a little bit of time to reflect on your career in Manhattan, um, what do you think you'll remember most fondly? Like, is there a, is there a game or, or a moment as an individual that, that, you know, is the type of thing that you'll tell your kids and your grandkids about? Yeah, uh, you know, being at Kansas State for four years or four and a half years, I had a lot of good memories. Um, you know, we had a few down years and, uh, and uh, a few up years when I was there. So, you know, we went through a lot of diversity and we went through a lot of successes. Um, you know, probably the most uh, memorable memory that I take with me uh, was um, in, in the 2019 season when we beat Oklahoma at home. Uh, they're obviously ranked number five in the nation. And that win was so sweet and it was just super cool to be a part of. And you know, obviously had a big game, had a lot of good stats in that game. Uh, but the main thing that I took away from that game and the thing that I just loved uh, was all, you know, all 11 defensive players, all 11 offensive players, and all 11 special teams players. You know, every single guy in that field. Um, talk about a game where everyone came together and played as a team and had the same goal in mind and uh, all achieved the same goal. Uh, that's what's special about football. It's such a team game. Uh, and it takes, you know, 11 individuals on the field to come together and all do their job and responsibilities to be successful. And, uh, you know, obviously we are going, going up against Oklahoma. They had a super explosive offense. Um, but, you know, we, we pulled it out and we got the win. Um, and, and like I said, the thing that was so sweet from that is because we played as a team. Is that the opponent that you would say that, that overall, maybe not just you, but the locker room in general just seems to get up for the most? Um, I, I'm curious, you know, is it, Fans, I think, would probably say it's KU, and maybe as a local, you know, Sunflower State guy yourself, it might be KU. But uh, it just seems like everybody I talk to, there's so much of a passion um, for Oklahoma, and I didn't know if, if if there's something deeper to that on the field. You know, if they trash talk a lot or something, or or is it just as simple as just wanting to to beat the big boys? Yeah, well, uh, me personally, I prepare the same same way as I prepare against any other team. You know whether it's, you know, our first three non-conference games or if, it get, if, it, if it's against a big team. Uh, but definitely uh, go, playing against the big teams like Oklahoma or Texas or the big boys, definitely you play – you approach that game with a different chip on your shoulder for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I do personally. Um, I just feel like I have something to prove in those big games. And, um, you know, making big-time plays in those big-time games uh, makes you a big-time player. Um, so that was definitely something that we all aim to do. Um, you know – there's a, there's a, on our roster, you know, there's a lot of guys from, you know, different states and, um, you know, everyone plays for the Kansas kids when we play KU and uh, kind of the same approach, you know, all the guys from Oklahoma that are super talented on our team that, you know, didn't get offered by Oklahoma. They took that personally as well. Uh, so, you know, all of us kids rally together and, uh, you know, for example, when we're playing Oklahoma, uh, we play for those Oklahoma boys. Is, is there something – is there something deeper than just, um, you know, a belief in, in, in being able to beat Oklahoma twice? Or would you say, I mean, without giving away game plans and stuff, or is there something schematically that you at K-State have figured out a way to beat Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley, specifically that offense? Because, I mean, nobody else seems to have been able to do it. And yet here's Wyatt Huber, Joe Klanderman, and company doing it twice. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, you know, the coaches preach to us a lot of things at practice, um, just like how any other coach on any other team preaches. Uh, you need to play all four quarters, all 60 minutes, because that's what matters the most. 
Um, and those both, both of those games, uh, you know, we played all 60 minutes. And, um, you know, for example, this last uh, game we played against Oklahoma in the 2020 season, uh, we were down 28 to seven at halftime. And, um, you know, Oklahoma was cashed out. You know, they felt they had won the game. Um, you know, a lot of the leaders and a lot of the coaches on the team, you know, uh, we definitely preached to everyone on the team that, hey, we still have 30 minutes left of football. You know, if the game was over, it'd be over, but we were only halfway done. And I think that's why we pulled it out is because we played every single snap for all 60 minutes, all four quarters. And uh, that's something that they didn't do. And uh, obviously we trickled back into the game, the third and fourth quarter, and uh, we won our last second field goal, um, 130-35. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast. Now you had a chance to make it three in a row against Oklahoma, um, but obviously the NFL came calling. How, yeah. how, close, how close were you? to maybe thinking about or, or really considering returning to K-State and ultimately, you know, what was the conversation that, that swayed you or, or what, what was the, the ultimate decision on, on why you decided to go ahead and, and leave now? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of factors went into it. Um, and when I stepped on foot at Kansas State, I had a lot of goals, a lot of personal goals that I wanted to achieve. Um, I always wanted to be a captain at Kansas State and I always wanted to be a leader in a leadership role for the football program. Um, obviously wanted to get my degree and, uh, you know, a lot of other things came, came with my career as well. Um, you know, I was there for four years, uh, two-time captain, um, two-time first-team All-B-12, you know, freshman All-American, um, and then I graduated with my degree. So, um, you know, I accomplished a lot of things at Kansas State. Um, I definitely, you know, weighed the pros and cons of both staying and leaving. Um, I got a lot of good feedback from my family, from my coaches, from my teammates. Um, and I kind of just, you know, kind of just put together a plan on, uh, what's best for me um, and, you know, what's something that puts me in, in a position to be more successful. And don't get me wrong, it was tough to leave Kansas State uh, a year early, um, especially with, you know, guys like Skyler and Noah uh, returning for their, you know, COVID year and mm -hmm. uh, Cody Fletcher, um, guys that were super invested in the program. Uh, but like I said, you know, I weighed the pros and cons. I definitely feel like the, um, you know, the pros of leaving definitely outweighed the pros of staying. Um, and honestly, you know, I was kind of just, um, you know, I was kind of just matured a little bit and I was ready to take the next step for sure. Yeah. And I think that's something that, that fans have to keep in mind too, is that, you know, it's not just another year of football, it's another year of 
being a college student and you yep, know exactly the, all the stuff that goes with the academic side of it as well exactly. um <laughs> as we talk to you now you're back in pensacola you've just gotten back from mobile alabama and and the the senior bowl um let's talk a little bit about that for a second what a cool experience that was following in the footsteps of you know jordan willis participating in that game dalton reisner participating in that game um I'm curious maybe who the toughest guy you faced was and was, you know, there anybody that jumped off the page to you in practice or, or, you know, watching film and stuff of practices that, um, you know, just really caught your attention from, from an NFL standpoint and somebody you're going to watch closely in the draft. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you know, I was on the American team. We had three days at full padded practice uh, leading up to the game. Um, so we actually didn't face the national team until the actual uh until actually game day. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of guys on the national team offensive line that I hadn't faced all week that I faced in the game. Um, some guys that really stood out to me uh, from the game were uh, was a right tackle named Spencer Brown, uh, uh, University of Northern Iowa. Uh, he's just a monstrous dude, and, um, super athletic and super quick for how, how big and tall he is. Uh, so he was one of the tackles that definitely stood out against me. Um, but, you know, I think they all stood out. You know, they were the best offensive linemen in college football. You know, every every snap, every rep you had to take, you know, you had to bring your A game for sure. Uh, but, you know, going back to the national team and talking about, you know, those three days of padded practices that we had going to get, going up against my my teammates, um, you know, some offensive linemen that stood out for sure was, uh, I think his name was Trey Smith from Tennessee. He played guard. Um, there was a kid from uh, Eastern Carolina. I don't remember his name, but he was super talented. Um, and then all the tackles were super talented as well. You know, that uh, there was two Texas A&M tackles that were there. Um, Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, super talented tackle. Um, and there's, like I said, you know, they're all the best um, offensive linemen in college football. Uh, so go going up against those guys, you know, every single day, leading up to the game definitely made me a better player. Um, you know, all those defense linemen definitely made them their offense linemen as well. You mentioned that lineman from Tennessee, and I tweeted out a video from you earlier in practice uh, in the week. You actually got the better of him on a rep. And, and yeah. I, bring that, I bring that up, though, because Matt Rule was coming over, celebrating with you, commending you for that effort. He's obviously a guy that I would imagine kind of knew you well coming in. So was it, was it nice, kind of an added bonus to have, uh, if you want to call him kind of a guy in your corner that just so happens to be your coach as well? For sure. Um, you know, I kind of – I'm trying to think of a comparison here, but, you know, Coach Rule being at Baylor and uh, being in the Big 12, you know, the same time that I was playing at Kansas State, so obviously playing against him, um, it kind of felt like a little bit um, when, like, a dad is a coach of a peewee team and their son is on the team and their da the dad and the head coach is obviously a lot harder on their own son than they are the other players. That's kind of what it felt like a little bit. <laughs> uh just because I was a guy, I was a Big 12 guy. I think I was the only, you know, defense lineman from the Big 12 uh, on my team. Um, I could be wrong, but I think I was. I think you're right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely – it was kind of that feeling, kind of that vibe throughout the whole week of practice. He was – I'd say he was a lot harder on me for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I'm thankful for that because he knew my potential and he knew how – he knows how much potential I have. So, um, you know, I give credit to him for, um, you know, making me better in these last this last week. Where do you feel like you fit in best after kind of a week at the Senior Bowl from a position standpoint? Because we saw you doing some stuff at the three-tech, sliding a little bit inside, going against guards, coming outside, mm -hmm. going against tackles like you would uh, at K-State. But, you know, just 
having been there, experienced it, having talked to agents, scouts, coaches, where do you feel like your future fits best? Uh, yeah, my, my future fits best definitely on the outside. Um, definitely, um, you know, I talked to some teams. They want me as a 4-3, handing down defense, hanging in the ground defensive end. Uh, but some other teams, you know, want me as a 3-4 outside backer as well. Um, no teams can really see me playing a true three-tech. Um, I obviously did that in practice and in the game because uh, we always had – we had injury problems. You know, a few guys got injured. Um, I think three or four of the defensive linemen didn't play in the game. Uh, so, obviously, we accommodated for that, and a lot of the defensive ends had to play inside. Um, so, you know, I kind of just took one for the team. A few other guys did as well. Um, I played, obviously, inside on third down my whole college career, but first and second down, you know, on the run game. Definitely never done that before on the inside. Uh, so that was super tough. Uh, big change for me, you know, taking on double teams from offensive guard and offensive tackle at the same time. Uh, then me only weighing, like, you know, anywhere from 260 to 265, that, that didn't help much either. But, um, you know, it was tough. It was definitely a change. Um, but, you know, I had – you know, we had to do what we had to do to accommodate uh, for those injured guys. Through the grapevine, maybe, have you gotten any indication on, on certain teams that could be interested or, you know, teams that you seem to be hearing from more or your agents have been hearing from more? And, and if not, maybe are there, are there teams and schemes that just through watching the NFL that you wouldn't mind maybe playing for? Yeah, well, um, you know, after interviewing with all 32 teams, they would always ask, you know, what's a question you have for us? Uh, and one question I, I would always ask them, uh, I would say, do you guys run a 4-3 defense or a uh, um, you know, 3-4? And, you know, they're the same answer every time. They said, well, we do a little bit of both. So there really wasn't a true, um, you know, 3-4 defense or 4-3 defense that every NFL, NFL team runs. You know, it's definitely a combination of both. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, getting a lot of, uh, you know, there's some teams, about five or six teams that really like me and really, I'm really high up on their board. Um, they've asked me to keep that confidential for whatever reasons. I don't know why, but, um, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, um, you know, definitely in, interested in a lot of teams. They're interested in me as well. More AFC or NFC? Can you tell us that much? <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I don't know, to okay. be honest. Um, I'd say it's a mixture of both, probably three okay. and three. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you grow up with a favorite team? Like, were you a Chiefs guy or? Yeah, my family's, my family's our Chiefs fans. I mean, I root for the Chiefs, don't get me wrong, because they're an hour away from my hometown. Uh, but growing up, you know, I wasn't a huge Chiefs fan. I rooted for them. Uh, but, you know, I, I followed the players. Um, you know, being a good football player in college and in the NFL was something I always wanted to do. Um, so I had a lot of role models, a lot of guys I looked up to in the NFL uh, when I was a kid. And I, I followed players um, rather than teams in the NFL growing up. Well, let's finish just with kind of your thoughts on K-State. Um, and the season coming up for the Wildcats. Um, you know, what do you feel like is in store for this 2021 roster, knowing the guys that they have coming in, knowing the guys that you've seen develop on scout team and, and the guys that they have returning too? Yeah, well, the thing I'm most excited about, um, I'm excited about a lot of things actually. Uh, but, you know, the first thing I'm most excited about is the offense. Um, Skyler's coming back, you know, Johnson's coming back, and, you know, the whole offense line is returning as well. Um, plus having Deuce Vaughn with the season that he had, um, seeing him grow through winter workouts and spring ball and summer workouts leading up to the 2021 season. Um, I'm excited to just see how much better he gets from what he was already – of how talented he already was. Uh, and then obviously, you know, returning Malik at wide receiver and a few other wide receivers as well. Just super excited to watch the offense because they have, they have 
you know, a lot of potential to be re really successful and really explosive. Uh, the second thing that I'm most excited about is to watch uh, Khalid Duke um, going into his true junior year. Um, I kind of took him under my wing a little bit. You know, these last two seasons I played with him, um, kind of helped him mature a little bit and transition from, you know, high school to college. Um, taught him a lot in the film room on the field. Um, but mainly just taught him, you know, the mentality of being a good player. Um, it starts in your mind on, you know, the choices you make and what you choose to do on and off the field. Um, I, I hope that, you know, I left, um, you know, a good positive um, note for him to fall uh, going into his junior season. Um, but like I said, you know, I'm super excited to watch him uh, just because of the potential he has. And uh, he was a freaky athletic guy, uh, super long, lengthy. Um, he's about 6'4", 6'5". So he's a tall dude. So a lot of potential at defense events. So I'm ready to watch him. Who do you expect maybe, you know, we know about a lot of the names that you mentioned, but is there anybody kind of behind the scenes that fans just don't know about yet that you expect to have kind of a breakout season? Maybe if it's not this fall, maybe within the next two years? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you know, fans know who this is, uh, Cody Fletcher. Um, I say Cody because talk about a guy who goes to work every single day and one of the toughest, you know, mentally and physically toughest guys and um, I've played against and him being middle linebacker and um, main, mainly playing Mike, but, you know, he plays well as well. But, um, you know, he's been a backup the last two years of his career and, uh, you know, behind Elijah and, and Eli um, and last year, Daquan. So, uh, but this is his year to step up and this is his year to, you know, show the K-State fans and, uh, you know, prove to the program that he's an elite player. Um, you know, just from watching him in practice and seeing how, you know, knowledgeable he is as a player, uh, he kind of reminds me of when I, you know, uh, played with Trent Tanking, kind of the, you know, same guy, same replica, um, same body type style, you know, same style play, and definitely, you know, the same knowledge of the game. And uh, that's why I'm excited to watch him because, you know, Trent left a mark at Kansas State for being, uh, you know, a successful linebacker. Um, and I think Cody's going to do the same thing as well, especially going into this season being a starter. All right, last but not least, um, when will we see you back in Manhattan? Are you, are you the type of guy that you feel like will kind of make a, an annual pit stop through K-State uh, as long as the NFL schedule, you know, allows it? Do you feel like you'll be a regular back in Manhattan? And when you do come back into town, um, what's, the, what's the one place or one thing that you know you're going you're gonna to go back and eat um, that, yeah. that, that you're going to miss the most? For sure. Well, um... You know, I'm here in Florida for the whole month of February, and I'm, I'm actually going to be back, you know, the beginning of March. Um, you know, we're pretty lucky for Kansas State. We always have our pro day uh, pretty early in the month of March, and we're always one of the first pro days in all of college football. So uh, pro day is, is on Tuesday, March 9th. Um, so, you know, it's coming up only about a month away. Uh, so, like I said, I'll be down here for the whole month of February and just, a, you know, a few days in March, and then I'll head back up to Manhattan um, and prepare for – you know, pre uh, prepare in Manhattan for four or five days to get ready for pro day. And then, um, you know, after pro day is over. Uh, so obviously with COVID, a lot of things are different. You know, there's no personal workouts, top 30 visits in the NFL, all that is straight canceled. Uh, so that's what usually what you do in the whole uh, month of March and April um, is visit, you know, the programs and the facilities in the NFL. Um, and obviously, like I said, do private workouts for teams, all that is canceled. So, um, I'll just be in Manhattan, you know, um, after pro day's over for March and April, just staying in shape. And, uh, you know, I'm super lucky because, you know, I love Manhattan. I miss it a lot. And, uh, you know, being, being there for two more months uh, before I get drafted in the NFL and leaving, going to, out to a big city, definitely going to cherish that moment for sure. 
Uh, but to answer your second question, you know, the one place I'm really looking forward to is um, either early edition of the chef. Um, two of my favorite breakfast places. They, they have their differences for sure, but I love both of those. Can't wait to be back there. There you go, Wyatt Hubert, a breakfast guy. So if you're ever, if you're ever back um, and you want to see Wyatt Hubert in the flesh, um, you need to be up and at him early at one of those two spots for breakfast. I like it. Yep. Wyatt, thank you so much for joining us here on GoPowerCat.com. Wish you the best of luck um, with the upcoming Pro Day. Definitely. Uh, and, and again, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Ron. I appreciate it. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats.